Hello, and welcome to Music Therapy and Beyond. Today, we will be talking to Corey Flaker Fraser, a licensed massage therapist who specializes in craniosacral therapy. Corey is a healer and body worker who works with her clients to feel comfortable in their bodies. Her main modalities include massage and craniosacral therapy. She also uses her background as a yoga instructor and meditation teacher to help her clients find resilience during these current times. Craniosacral therapy facilitates and helps to calm the central nervous system. She treats clients who suffer from headaches, migraines, TMJ, depression, anxiety, brain injuries, and spinal cord injuries, and more. Let's get to today's episode. Welcome to the Music Therapy and Beyond podcast, Corey. Thank you. So nice to have you here. here. Awesome. So um, for our listeners who don't know, you and I met each other through Kindred Collective, which is a wellness collective here in Columbia, Missouri, which is where we're both recording from today, even though we're in different houses. So um, that's how we were connected to each other. And we've had other Um, individuals from the collective on the podcast. So we really enjoy having you all over because you always have a lot of great information about the things that you specialize in. We know all the things music therapy related and you guys know pretty much everything else in the realm of wellness, which is really cool to have that resource. So I would love for you to just introduce yourself to our listeners. We love to hear a little bit more about everybody's background. Um, and just sort of your journey to becoming whatever type of therapist you may be, which in this case, we're talking about being a craniosacral therapist. So I'm really curious to learn more about you and just how you became a craniosacral therapist. Well, it all started <laughs> when I started taking yoga classes um, about 30 years ago. And at that time, like I had no connection with my like no, not very much awareness of my body. So I started taking yoga and started learning more about that. And eventually I became a teacher for yoga. And then I wanted to just like deepen my knowledge of how to help my, my little, my yogis. (laughs) And so I, um, I went to massage school and in massage school, I got more interested in the lighter touch and learning about craniosacral therapy and um, how the how the how relaxing can um, influence the brain and development of the brain and it just mm-hmm. was really fascinating to me and I have been doing that ever since and I started that in two thousand nine. Wow, that's amazing. So could you maybe just define craniosacral therapy for everyone? Because I'm sure we have quite a few people who really don't know or understand what it is. Sure. Yeah. From an anatomy perspective, from someone who knows anatomy, it's, I'm going to break it down into two parts for anyone to understand. Cranio, cranial, cranio, the head. Sacrum, so the, the tailbone, like mm-hmm. just before the tailbone, that big pelvic floor. And the spine. So 
in between is the spine. And in the spine, you have your central nervous system that's Mm -hmm. attached to the brain and they work together to help the whole body function. So craniosacral therapy is a light touch therapy where I'm addressing issues and restrictions within the spine, within the head, which is oftentimes affecting Mm -hmm. the brain, Mm -hmm. and it also in the lower back. Awesome. So in a nutshell, that's yeah, right. I'm sure there's a way more complicated explanation than the one you just gave. But I appreciate that you're saying it in terms that we can all kind of wrap our heads around. So I'm curious to hear more about the central nervous system and why that is so important in craniosacral therapy. Well, your central nervous system has a lot of nerves in it that create the that support the overall function of the body. One of them is the the vagus nerve, Mm -hmm. which starts like in the um, at the base of the skull, and Mm -hmm. then comes or yeah, the and then it comes down through the spine and kind of like branches out Mm -hmm. into all the different organs of your body, like digestion and Mm -hmm. breathing and heart. So that's one way that it. Um, that's one way I can touch on helping to relax the body, because a lot of times I even feel when I'm holding someone's head and just really tuning in to what's going on inside. Mm-hmm. I can feel the tension within the nerves, like mm-hmm. something is pulling at it, or something is like restricting it in some way. Mm-hmm. So if I could just give it some time and a light touch to release, then it, like the then the whole thing kind of unfurls mm-hmm. and can address the whole address numerous issues. Yeah, I can imagine that's quite a list of conditions that could be helped by that. So maybe that's something you could elaborate on is maybe some of the more common conditions that might be treated by cranial psychotherapy. Well, one of the most common issues is headaches mm-hmm. and migraines mm-hmm. and TMJ, which is the teeth grinding, the t- temporomandibular joint <laughs> syndrome. Yeah, I have that. <laughs> and that's all like, like yeah. everything's kind of just held into your, if you have a tight, I'm mm-hmm. the listeners don't see me like putting my shoulders up to my ear and like leaning forward. But if you have a tight neck and a tight, um, then that leads you to have a tight jaw, which leads you to have issues in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Or if you're a music therapist who plays an instrument that requires you to use your mouth, Mm -hmm. the, that pattern of using it can cause some, some dysfunction. Yeah. Well, and we know I've had plenty of massage therapy and chiropractic care in my lifetime from having a very physical job as a music therapist, but we all kind of learn sort of where we hold tension in our body. And that's sort of how I learned about my TMJ and teeth grinding was realizing, oh, like everything's right here in my head, neck, and shoulders. Like that's where all of my tension lives every time. And if I'm if I'm compensating in some way, I'll catch myself grinding my teeth during the day or clenching my jaw during the day and mm-hmm. realize like, oh, yep, there it is again. I need to pay attention to that. So it's really fascinating to me because you would think like, 
when I go to a massage therapist, I'm, I'm asking for like really deep tissue massage typically because I have a lot of knots and things from playing guitar and holding instruments. So it's really fascinating to me to think about light touch. So I'd love to hear more about why it's light touch in cranial sacral therapy. Well, think of it as healing from within. Mm-hmm. So a massage, in massage therapy, I learned like you like manipulate the muscles and you just get in right. there and you can use your elbow. And <laughs> then, then the next day people feel kind of worn out from that. Mm-hmm. And um, also they keep, it's, the issue really isn't corrected. It's just kind of like smoothed out a little bit. Yep. And with craniosacral, if you hold something long enough, Mm-hmm. Um, if you hold a tight, a tight muscle or a tight some kind of restriction, it can smooth out and stretch out and kind of release itself. Mm-hmm. So I'm just offering this it support to yeah. become softer and okay. just giving it time to become softer. Um, I like to think of using silly putty as an analogy. <laughs> okay, and you can just like you know if you have this big ball of silly putty that's really tight and you pull it fast it breaks yeah but if you just hold it and pull it slowly then it stretches out mm-hmm. and that's what I like to think about when I'm working on people and helping their muscles and their the nerves unwind yeah this, this stretchy fibrous <laughs> connective tissue through the whole body that is you know sensitive and mm-hmm. needs needs a little time to relax yeah, I'm, that makes so much sense to me because anytime I've started with a new massage therapist, even if I know what I want, it still takes several sessions before my body will actually let them do any work because I've got that anxiety and tension of what's going to happen. And yeah, I'm sort of protecting myself instinctively without even realizing it. And I have to learn how to let that release happen over time and to trust the person. And yeah, so that makes total sense. And a lot of times when I work on people's necks, like that's the thing, they're braced for like this, somebody's in there, yeah. like using their fist and using their thumb to like get in those really tender spots, like behind your ear and right mm-hmm. under your hairline. Mm-hmm. And with a, with a softer touch, you could relax more into this, into the experience and kind of mm-hmm. allow yourself to just take a breath. Yeah. So it could actually be a relaxing experience, not a just let's get everything out and then I'll feel sore tomorrow, but I'll probably be glad that I came. Right. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm curious then what would somebody, if somebody was signing up for cranial sacral therapy, what would those first few sessions actually look like? Like what kind of things would you be doing to introduce this to someone? Well, I'd be talking to them about their lifestyle and kind of ask them to notice as they're laying fully clothed on the table, Mm -hmm. I ask them to notice the different sensations in their body. And I ask them to notice where the discomfort is Mm -hmm. and if they can soften the discomfort a little bit. And I also ask them to notice where they're feeling comfort in their body because I feel like a lot of times we only notice the pain Mm -hmm. and we, and it's so easy to ignore what feels good. So mm-hmm. I also like them to notice and be aware of what feels good. So when things start getting better, like the pain just doesn't move someplace else, they can 
actually recognize, oh, my jaw does feel better or, <laughs> oh, my shoulder can move a little bit mm-hmm. easier. Awesome. So then I'm thinking about the anatomy that you described. How much of the body are you actually touching and working with in cranial sacral therapy, or does it depend very much upon who's coming to see you? It depends. Well, okay. So going back to that last question about the first few sessions, a lot of times in the first few sessions, I do work on the whole body. There are different Mm -hmm. spots in the body. We call the diaphragms and like where the bones kind of connect Okay, and the transverse fascia, which is like the, uh, well, the connective tissue doesn't just go up and down. There's some places where it goes sideways. Okay. So like the knee, for instance, Mm -hmm. or the hips or Mm -hmm. the like respiratory diaphragm and also the, the neck, like where the collarbone is. Okay. So I treat, and also the ankles. So I treat the whole body at the beginning, just to kind of see, like, sometimes the issue may not always be the place that the, that my client is complaining about. Mm. There may be another place that I need to go to first mm-hmm. to unwind before yep. their original issue can be resolved. Okay. Which is, which is, you know, it's kind of a trust thing because sometimes I could be at their hips when their head is hurting and we all just have to kind of work together to Mm -hmm. see where it goes. Yeah, I know that that probably would be hard to think like, why are you touching my hips? I came in here because I have headaches. Yeah. (laughs) So that's helpful to know, like it actually is the whole body. We're not just talking about the head, neck and, and spine and sacrum or you're still looking at the whole picture of the person and trying to figure out where something originated and how to actually solve the problem long-term, not to just make them feel better for the next few days or for the next week or however long. So then I wonder, does, does trauma have an impact on that for people that you see if someone has that sort of history? Yes. Yes, it does. Um, It can be physical trauma, such Mm -hmm. as like a head injury. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of those. Mm-hmm. or some kind of impact. A lot of times people come in that have had car accidents and they have whiplash or yep. back pain. Um, and there's some place in their spine that's just compressed that mm-hmm. needs to be needs to be stretched out. Yep. I don't want to say stretched out because that sounds too, too uh, active. <laughs> it, it needs to be softened. Yeah. I just, I would just imagine that someone with a trauma history might have a harder time with that idea of like trusting and letting you look at their whole body. So do you treat those individuals differently? Like, do you approach them differently? So as far as emotional trauma goes, uh, I, it doesn't always come up in the intake that Mm -hmm. if they're trauma, if they've had previous emotional trauma, um, or not. It doesn't always come up. So Mm -hmm. I usually in the beginning, I explain what I'm going to do. I say it's very gentle. Mm -hmm. And there are some areas where I am working that I make sure that they know. I say, I'm going to put my hand on your sacrum, which Mm -hmm. is like right where your bottom is. Right. And, or I also put my hand on people's 
like very gently on the front of people's neck. Yeah. So I always say, if you're uncomfortable with this, we don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. You can always pull my hand off or just tell me mm-hmm. to move someplace else. Mm-hmm. So I'm always um, trying to create a rapport with them before I just jump right into those vulnerable yep. places. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it just comes up and I, yeah. I talk to them, I talk them through it and we, and we, I make sure that I'm grounded and centered mm-hmm. to help them like to hold space for them while they're processing something big. Yeah. Big. Yeah. Is it common to have an emotional release in cranial sacral therapy? It yeah. is. It is. It's very common. But when I say emotional release, it could just be, it can be like a large release mm-hmm. where somebody's like having a big cry, or it could yeah. just be like tears down the face. Mm-hmm. Or, and it's not always, it's not always tears. Sometimes people just laugh. <laughs> yeah. Because something, that's just how people respond for some reason. Yeah. So it sounds like you're kind of creating a container for the individual to sort of just allow things to let go that maybe they've been holding, they've been holding tension and just sort of compensating for areas that are hurting or that have been traumatized. And you're, instead of forcing it, you're holding in the right places and spaces to just let the body do what it needs to do sort of on its own. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to go any, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to back off. I'm not going to take my hands off mm-hmm. and I'm not going to like, I'm just going to hold, hold the space for yeah. them. And I'm really quiet when I work <laughs> on people. And so if I say I'll hold space, for you sometimes they are just quiet but I don't and I don't I never ask like what's going on (laughs) tell me your story (laughs) like if they want I say if you feel like sharing with me what you're experiencing right now you can I mean if if it seems like they want to share but I I've cultivated enough awareness to know like whether they want to say something or whether they don't want to say something so if the if they just want to be quiet, I will be quiet with them. Yeah, that's really cool. So maybe you could tell me a little bit more about sort of the risks and the benefits for cranial sacral therapy. What might we get from it and what might we want to look out for if we're coming to the service? When there are so many benefits and very little risks, mm-hmm. um, if you've had a fresh head injury like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't treat anyone that's had a like a fresh concussion Mm -hmm. that's something that would take a couple days and be cleared by the by their doctor yeah um but other or if there's some like hemorrhage within the spine I'm not going to treat that but Mm -hmm. that would be an extreme case and they'd yep. probably be in the hospital and yeah. not, <laughs> not seeing you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Receiving treatment elsewhere initially, probably. Mm-hmm. But I think the benefits, like I go see a craniosacral therapist and it's just like, I feel more relaxed and I feel more 
centered and I feel like my body is just able to move better. Mm -hmm. Um, And also it's like my, I'm giving my body the opportunity to, to work on its own Mm -hmm. and to do some, some gentle work. Yeah. Do you find that that awareness grows as you participate in cranial sacral therapy that you start to notice things about your body that maybe you didn't notice before? Yes. Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of people do it. A lot of people, their first time on the table, they haven't thought about their body very much. Mm -hmm. They use their body as a machine and it's not so much like my mind and my body are connected and I'm Mm -hmm. paying attention to it all the time. Like if you're, it, it takes a little bit more um, cultivation to start thinking in the way where you're paying attention to your body and kind of responding to your body's cues yeah. that it's uncomfortable or that it needs to eat or that it has to mm-hmm. go to the bathroom or it's mm-hmm. time to sleep. And so sometimes people come and they have no awareness of how their connection, like, or yeah why self-care is even important Mm -hmm. and it's interesting it's interesting the reasons why those people come to me because they're like oh my doctor just told me to come and they'd say it would be good or my massage therapist told me (laughs) I should try this and I'm like oh so I I have some educating to do yeah in those first few times and you know sometimes people really get it and other times it takes it takes a few times, but mm-hmm. if they keep coming back, then that means that they're getting something from it. Right. Yeah. We just, we stop showing up to things when we feel like <laughs> there's nothing to gain. So right. I think that makes a lot of sense. They're, they're feeling something, even if they're not able to articulate exactly what's happening. Right. Yeah. A lot of some times, sort of change. A lot of times people come back and they say, I don't know what you did last time, but my <laughs> neck has, has felt better than ever. That's awesome. So do you ever give homework in a session? Like, do you tell people Always. to do specific things? Yeah. Always. I have a background as a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was my first kind of dive into the mind-body connection. Mm-hmm. And so I do, I ask, I always give people a really easy pose, like something so simple. Mm-hmm. And I don't give a sequence or anything. I'm just saying, oh, well, why don't you... Like I do child's pose is something mm-hmm. that I, that I give homework. That's the homework I give a lot. Yeah. And journaling. I tell people, you know, if you can't talk about what you're feeling on the table, mm-hmm. it might be good to write it down whenever you mm-hmm. get home. Yeah. I don't need to see it next time. I just want you to, to find some way to express yourself. Yeah. Well, I think it's really hard because the way that our sort of healthcare system is set up is to wait until things are broken to fix them rather than to work on preventive maintenance and to really get ahead of it. Yeah. So that education and homework piece, it, it seems really important. And we do that a lot in music therapy too. Like you're not going to see immediate progress. You're coming to us now in a time of need and we're glad you're here. And we have a lot of work to do. We have to do the work outside of the session to really start to see more and more progress in the session because there is so much that's connected to the reason that you're coming to therapy. Right. And it's hard to figure that out right away. Yeah. And it's, I, I feel like when I first started working in this field, 
in the, the realm of body work, people just wanted to be fixed right away. They'd mm-hmm. say, oh, but my shoulder still hurts. And I'm like, well, you know, you have, you had a really tight neck that I had to work on too. Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's think about how it's connected and how you can, how you can help yourself until the next time. Yeah. But it's, it is, uh, I think the, the world is changing and people realize that they can't get it all done in one time, in mm-hmm. one session. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's nice too. I bet that you do a lot of work to just create your physical space as a safe space for people to come to. And sometimes that's a big part of it for people too, is like, this is a place where I could go and be comfortable and I'm getting this therapy, I'm getting this service, but I also have a place where I feel safe with my emotions. I can feel safe with my own body. And a lot of times we don't feel that safety out in the world because the world's such a scary, busy place. So I imagine that's probably part of it too, just the environment that you're creating for people to come back to from week to week. Yeah, that is true. I've got a quiet place that doesn't have a lot of people coming in and out. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, it's, it's very easy to get to. When I first started working, I was working in on Broadway downtown mm-hmm. on the second floor yeah. of a building. And it was, I was on the corner of Walnut and Broadway and there were people outside and people had to walk up the steps and it was very loud. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was great when I first started, but then as I started getting more, like wanting to go deeper and trying to help people more, mm-hmm. I realized like, I don't want the experience of like walking down the street and walking up these steps to be part of their treatment. Like Mm -hmm. it all, it all kind of, it all, it's all wrapped in one. Yeah. I want people to feel safe from the moment they leave the car to the moment they get back in their car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely think that's, an amazing addition that you have for your service. And it's something that I think I think about when I'm going to any sort of new therapy, if I'm going to massage therapy or a chiropractor or a doctor, I'm paying attention to my physical environment. And if it's stressful to get there or stressful to figure out where to go, or if there's a lot of noise and bustle around me, then it takes me that much longer to get into the right headspace to actually be in the room with the person that I'm seeing and focusing on what's happening in the room. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I also have an electric lift table that goes mm-hmm. up and down. So um, if somebody that has mobility issues comes to see me, I can easily lower the table and they can, they don't have to, I'm kind of tall, so <laughs> they don't have to climb up too high to get on. Yeah. That's really been nice, a nice addition. Yeah. So I want to kind of bring us back to our listeners and have you sort of give us some information specific to the people who are who listen to our podcast. So I'm thinking about my fellow music therapists, my fellow helpers, occupational therapists, physical therapists, speech therapists, all of us helpers who tend to have more physical jobs, oftentimes with a lot of repetitive motion. Um We really work hard physically every day and also mentally creating safe spaces for our clients. And so um, maybe you could just talk about when and why cranial sacral therapy might be a good choice for someone like me. Like what would I, what would be a sign that I might want to consider this as a service for myself? Well, first of all, you see a lot of 
you deal with a lot of energy from people day to day. Um, and so if you are wor working in a therapy setting where you're seeing and treating people and encouraging people to do their best, mm -hmm. it's very easy to forget that you need to tend to yourself too. Yeah. So I think for the like emotional well-being of just having your own time to relax, mm -hmm. that's, that's something for everybody. Yeah. A caretaker, a caregiver, a therapist. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I've seen a lot of people that play instruments, which I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. and the way they use their mouth can some, I mean, there are muscles in your mouth. It's, yep. And so just getting that to stretch, I do intraoral work mm -hmm. on the mouth. So getting that to stretch out and getting the tongue, like people don't think about how tight their tongue can be. Like yeah. people don't even know they can relax their tongue because <laughs> it's always resting on the top of your mouth or mm -hmm. pressed somewhere in your mouth. Mm -hmm. So just educating people and working on getting their mouth muscles to soften up is yeah. always a benefit and yeah. it also improves their performance too and helps their um tool yeah their, their yeah, your voice quality is affected yeah. Yeah, yeah when you're tense for sure mm -hmm. could you tell me more about the inner oral work like what does that look like when you're yeah, doing so, that so when i do intraoral work i always wear gloves yeah and i always make sure that people know um this is also another sensitive area. So if right. anybody's uncomfortable with where my where my hand is and their my fingers are in their mouth, they mm -hmm. can always tell me to stop mm -hmm. and or take my hand out of their mouth. And I use fing I use my fingers and I'm gently pressing on like the roof of your mouth mm -hmm. and kind of pull like gently pulling outward to create space on the roof of the mouth so it's not so compressed in, mm -hmm. like pulled, it can be pulled in by the muscles of the mouth. Yeah, okay. And underneath the tongue, I address kind of the same thing where I'm like relaxing it and just letting my finger soften into the tissues so, mm -hmm. so the tissues can move a little easier and they're less restricted. Okay. Unless like, they're, they have free mobility instead of just being stuck in one place. Mm -hmm. And, and that can address like, like at the roof of the mouth, that can address like sinus problems yeah. and eye problems because there are all these different little bones and muscles that are connected within your face that can like be, be, oh, have you heard of, they could be contorted just by the yeah. way you hold your mouth. Or yeah. by the way you hold your face, mm -hmm. or by the way you squint at your screen, like it's mm -hmm. it's all like we just don't think about the way we use our our face can affect the way that our mouth can be, yeah. or even when we're born and like maybe you had, uh, maybe you were bottle fed, and and you were always bottle fed on one side, or maybe mm -hmm. you're you were nursed like it's it, it all contributes to the shape of your mouth yeah. and the the way your muscles form even from the day you were born 
Yeah. I mean, our, our body keeps track of everything and holds everything. And, uh, we, we love that book. Your body keeps the score. So it's like, yes, your body doesn't forget things that have happened to it. Um, especially not negative things, but it has that muscle memory built in for better or worse. It's just really fascinating to me. And I love the idea that you can find where those things live in the body and help someone release them when they might not even know that that's something that they need. They might not even realize that they're doing that and that they're actually making it harder for themselves because of the way they hold their body or their mouth or. So I'm just completely fascinated. I think it sounds like something that would be beneficial for a lot of different types of people. Um, And a music therapist, especially like, like you said, we use our mouths, we use our voices. We use our bodies. We we do so much with other people's energy. So this makes a lot of sense to me. As an as an instrument player, it's not mm-hmm. just like the way you hold your mouth, but it's also the way you hold the oboe, or the way you hold the trumpet, or yep. the way you're like playing percussion. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all a repetitive motion that could be interrupted and and um, changed. Mm-hmm. Just by a little bit of a light pet. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you explaining this to me because I definitely had a slight perception of what it might be because I'd done a little bit of research on my own, just considering this as a service for myself. But you really did help to paint more of a picture for me of what this actually is and how it works and why it would be beneficial for someone. And so, um, I would just ask maybe if there's anything else that we didn't really cover that you would want somebody to know that is considering this as a service for themselves. Anything to be thinking about? I think if you're going to consider it as a service for yourself, I think if you're going to be considering this as a service for yourself, come with an open mind. Mm -hmm. Come with some questions. Mm-hmm. come with some specific issue or not like just just come with an open mind and see what it feels like yeah. and see how it can help and yeah I'd, I'd love to help anybody learn more if they want to know more or mm-hmm. get on my table and we can see what happens yeah that's awesome so is there anywhere I can send our listeners so that they can find a craniosacral therapist that's near them sure yeah, there. So I was trained through the Upledger Institute, okay. and they have a they have a um, registry which is called the International Alliance of Healthcare Practitioners, okay. and it's iahp.com. Okay, and that you can type in the town that you live in, and it can put it will show you a list of all the people in the town that have been trained or in your area that have been trained. Um, It also asks you if you want to put in the zip code, but just like Columbia has like three or four different zip codes, (laughs) you might want to just put in the town to find out what comes up. Mm -hmm. Um, And it shows the classes that they've taken and who's currently practicing. Gotcha. Uh, And that's all. I mean, there are other, there are other branches of craniosacral therapy it's not just the upledger brand that's just what i've been trained in and what i've Mm -hmm. taken classes with awesome 
Well, thank you for that, because I'm sure there's going to be a few folks that are like, oh, I wonder if there's somebody in my town, because I'm really curious about this. So I'm yeah. super grateful that you're here and that you're willing to share some information about this, because I do feel like it's still a little bit lesser known, but it sounds right. incredibly valuable for a lot yeah. of people. So, And also, Upledger trains internationally. So okay. if you are in Australia, or if you're listening in Europe, you can, there's the directory could also have people in your area as well. That's awesome. That's why it's called international. Yes, there we go. <laughs> we do have some international listeners. So I appreciate you mentioning that because sometimes we forget to say that, like you can still access this. This is for you too. Um, well, thank you so much for being here with us today. I learned a lot and I'm really excited to just keep learning more and um, exploring my own wellness journey. So thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Thank it's you. not very often I get uh, so much time to dive deeply into what I do. Yeah. Uh, explaining it to other people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I applaud you for what you do. I thank you for what you do. And um, thank you again for being here. Thank you, Elizabeth. For show notes and resources in today's episode and all episodes, head to our website, musictherapyandbeyond.com. Reach out to us at musictherapyandbeyond at gmail.com and follow us on social media to stay up to date on all the content and announcements. We'll see you next time.